You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Matthew Lilly, and I'm here with special guest, Jake Kale. We're going to be talking about living from the secret place, experiencing deeper intimacy with God, and really cultivating that personal life in God uh, in the secret place. And so in a new year, we know many are thinking about new habits and trying to solidify their spiritual disciplines. And so we want to just give you some encouragement some wisdom today, and uh, some inspiration for you to really go deeper in God. And I think you guys are going to love this episode today. Be sure to stay tuned for the whole episode. I want to just thank you, those of you who are part of the Presence Pioneers podcast community, those of you who are sharing, liking, commenting, engaging with us. We really appreciate that a lot. If you could, leave us a rating or review if you're listening on Apple or another platform where you can do that, that would be amazing. And if you'd like to support this podcast and our ministry, you can do that through the link in the description. Uh, Well, Jake Kale, our special guest today, is the apostolic leader of Threshold Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I know he's also got Jake Kale Ministries, uh, where he's written a number of books and travels extensively speaking, teaching, preaching, ministering. And uh, it's an honor to have you with us today, Jake. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Matthew. Yeah, I look forward to diving into this conversation for sure. Well, take a few minutes and just introduce yourselves. Um, I know that you're new to our community, at least here at the podcast. Uh, for those who don't know who you are, just share a little bit more about your family or maybe your story. Yeah, yeah. Like Matthew said, I'm Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a church called Threshold Church. Been there for just about 11 years in various roles. And then also writing, speaking, traveling. I do a lot in the area of deliverance, actually but also I have a passion for the secret place. Married for 18 years now. I have three amazing kiddos uh, that are just, yeah, a huge blessing. And so, yeah, they're evolved in different ways uh, in the ministry. It's an amazing journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've got Jake's book here, Living from the Secret Place. For those on video, you can see it. I read through the book. It's great. It's concise. It's powerful. It's practical stirred my heart. And man, for me, even coming into this new year, I just feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit to go deeper and to to reassess my schedule and my disciplines and my my rhythms of life to really go deeper in God. And so I was stirred. This book's kind of provoked this conversation today, and that's what I want to focus on. So maybe maybe start with some of your journey. Like You share some stories in the book about your own process of how God's drawn you in to deeper places in prayer. So maybe you could start there, share some of your personal journey. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian family, you know, hearing the gospel, all that, but it really wasn't real for me until I was 19, had a pretty dramatic conversion encounter with God. It just radically changed my life. I got set free from different kinds of bondage to sin. And so Mm -hmm. from that point on, I was just hungry for the Lord, started devouring scripture. I didn't really have much of a prayer life though. I didn't know a ton about prayer. I knew it was important, but it wasn't like super consistent. And so early on in my walk, I first sensed the Lord drawing me and pressing on my heart that I need to become a person of prayer. That needed to be a priority. And I remember hearing stories about people that would pray for hours a day or all this stuff. I'm like, man, how do you pray for hours a day? Or what, right. are, you, what are you talking about? What do you do? Like, um, so it didn't really, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite get that, but I knew God was putting on my heart. I needed to learn how to pray. I needed to prioritize 
that that aspect. And so I just started taking steps and I just started making my devotion time with God more of a priority and just started kind of scheduling that in. And I remember one of the pivotal moments was when I decided I was going to make that time with God the first thing in the morning. I was in college mm. at the time and I decided, you know what, before I go to class, before I do anything else, I'm going to make my personal time with God first thing I do every day. And I kind of put that stake in the ground. And I know that was a life-changing decision for me. Well, what I found would happen was as I began to make that a priority, the Lord began to reveal himself to me in greater ways. And I would begin to experience his manifest presence. You know, it says in James 4, 8, I think it's drawn near to God. He will draw near to you. Yeah. And that's what I was beginning to experience where I would sense this tangible presence beginning to come upon me. And so that just increased my hunger to spend more time with him. And so those times would start to get extended, you know, longer and, and longer. And, you know, I would, I would read scripture. I would, I would wait on the Lord. I would intercede. But it would just, it, it turned from a, like, you know, I have to do this or it's a, it's a discipline, it's a duty to like, I was like craving and desiring the presence of God. And yeah. it became my, my favorite part of the day. And just, uh, so it, it, it happened over time where it just increased, the hunger increased, the awareness of his presence increased, just kind of grew from that place. So that was really kind of the early, the early stages of, of developing that, that time with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. What, uh, what stirred you to write the book? I mean, why, why is this so important? Obviously it's a, it's huge for you personally. Yep. Uh, so like what kind of stirred your heart to write this book last year or release this book last year? Yeah. So, I mean, I, for me, the secret place has been so foundational for my own journey. And I think it's foundational in the life of every believer. Like Jesus said, you know, when you pray, go to your room, shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place. Yeah. And it's that private devotion. And I think sometimes we all know that's true on paper or like in theory, but I think sometimes when it comes to practical real life living, sometimes the the demands of life or the busyness of life, whether it's ministry stuff or family stuff or work stuff, sometimes that secret place can get squeezed out of our lives and we can just kind of begin to coast. And so I just, I really wanted to write this book. I think it's one, it's, it's, it's awakening. It helps awaken a hunger in people yeah. just to desire the presence of God. But I also wanted to get practical points practical steps of, hey, here's actually some practical teaching on how you can grow in the secret place. Because for some people, it might feel daunting, like, well, how do I do this? Or, you know, and just, I'm hoping to give practical steps that people can implement just one step at a time. So that's, that's some of the heart behind it is just, yeah, it's so, it's so vital. It's so important. There's just no substitute for the secret place. I mean, books are great. Conferences are great. Obviously, we need to be part of a local church. All these things help our spiritual growth, but there's just no substitute for that time alone with God. That's really so foundational for every single believer. Yeah, for sure. So some people are going to hear us even talking about this and they're going to feel pressure. Uh, they're going to feel that duty, that sense of duty. Oh, I, I need to spend more time with God. I need to spend more time. I should read my Bible more. <laughs> I should pray more. And it's going to feel like religious pressure. And I just, man, could you just maybe kind of speak to that? Because you know, there is sort of an unhealthy way, right? That we can we can feel that pressure that we got to kind of do our time with God every morning, and they don't feel that delight and they don't feel that joy that you were talking about uh, earlier. Could you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. And I know sometimes people can go through cycles of like 
you know, I'm try I try to spend more time with God and then I kind of goes away. They feel guilty. So yeah. I think one thing is to keep the relationship central, like mm -hmm. make it about relationship, not just about duty. You're not earning anything. You're not earning God's love by spending time with him. You're not earning your salvation. You're not winning favor or points with them. If you keep the relationship, the center, like I want to know God more and I want to spend time with him because I want to know him more. I think that can help it stay away from the legalistic side of it. I think yeah. that's a key, you know, you keep that relationship central. The discipline helps create space for the relationship. Mm. So it's not discipline for discipline's sake. It's not duty for duty's sake. And sometimes it does require that discipline. That, that's not the point. The point is the relationship. I think that's huge. And I think another point is, and I think I say this in the book, is really encouraging people just to take the next step. So like whatever that next step is, if it feels daunting, if it feels like a huge burden or it's like, oh man, how do I, how do I do this? Rather than thinking, okay, now I got to spend you know, two hours a day or now I got to, it's, you know, just what's, what's the next step for you? And that's going to be different for every person. Mm. But if you just take it one step at a time and just ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what is, what is the next step that's right for me? I can't compare myself with this person or that person. I just have to do what God's calling me to do. And so if you just think of it in steps, think of it as a process, I think that's going to help also keep it from being that legalistic burden. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was one of the things I had here on on my notes from your book. You said there's two purposes of prayer, relationship and partnership. And I love that. I almost titled my second book, which those who are watching on video can see, there it is, uh, Enjoying Prayer. Uh, I almost titled that book Intimacy and Intercession, because that's how I would say relationship and partnership. I would say intimacy and intercession, that those are sort of the two aspects of prayer. And yeah, that desire, that longing God has for real relationship and intimacy with Him, I believe that's what brings that joy uh, so that we can enjoy our time with Him. And uh, it doesn't become uh, religious, but it becomes relational and uh, a delight and not a duty. I love that. What else would you say about that relationship and partnership? Maybe, maybe since that came up, parse that out for us. You just talked about the relational side of it. What's the partnership side of it? Absolutely. Yeah. When you say that relationship side, like you said, that's the intimacy. That's knowing God more and him yeah. knowing us, you know, disclosing our hearts to him and being real with him. And that's that fellowship, that intimacy. Then the partnership to me, that is seeing God's kingdom advance through prayer. That's one of the ways that God designed things to work on this earth is, you know, he created mankind in his image and he gave mankind dominion on the earth. And so he is sovereign. He is the creator. He has all power, but yet he's chosen to work through people. And one of the ways that he works through people, one of the primary ways that he works through people is when we pray, when we pray according to his will, when we pray according to his word, when we pray according to how the Holy Spirit's leading us, that's a partnership. It's us coming into agreement with what he wants, like Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's us coming into agreement with what his desires are for this earth and then giving voice to it, calling upon him and uh, interceding to see those things you know, come into fruition. And so that's that partnership where it's us aligning ourselves with his heart, with his will, with his word, and using prayer to agree with those things, to see those things fulfilled in the earth. Yeah, I love that. And I love the word partnership because, I mean, in my personal prayer journey, I remember being younger and just bringing my list of things to God that I wanted. And 
many times those requests didn't get answered. But then when I discovered that we can partner with him to see his will, like you said, his kingdom come, his will be done on the earth as in heaven. And I was like, oh, this is not about me trying to get God you know, to do what I want and twist his arm. But this is about, he has things he wants to do, and I can discover those with him through his word, by his spirit, and then partner with him to see those things released into the earth through prayer. That's cool. That's exciting. And, yes. uh, and you begin to see God release his power in amazing ways when you come into partnership and agreement uh, with him. And that's an, another enjoyable aspect of prayer. <laughs> is, uh, you know, the intimacy is is a delight. Uh, but then seeing God release his power, that's fun too, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things you said here in the book, I believe that both quality and quantity time is important to growing in a deep relationship with God. So a lot of people, they're going to say, oh, I need to spend more time with God, which might be the case <laughs> and probably is the case for many of us. But the quality time with God. I think some sometimes people, again, they feel the pressure, they have to do it. Um, but how can we make prayer more enjoyable? How can we have that vibrant secret place where it feels like it's alive and our, our time spent with God is uh, that we're making the most of our time? Yeah, I think, the, I think the quality of the time can be dependent on on multiple factors. Yeah, I know in the book, I can't remember what chapter it is, but I think it's on, I think I called the secret place made practical but I, I talk about three kind of main keys. One is mm. it being intentional. One is being focused and one is being consistent. So that intentional means I'm actually going to, I'm going to schedule that in. I'm going to actually be intentional about that purpose and setting aside the time. But the focus to me speaks of more of the quality of that time, because sometimes it's just distractions. You know, we're, we're, we're fighting distractions that can cause the quality of our time to be diminished whether that's external distractions, like we have so much going on in our lives, uh, you know, we have busyness, we have work, we have ministry, we have phone calls or text messages, or it might be internal distractions, things that are weighing on our hearts, distractions in our mind. And that's something we can all have to battle through. And so I love what Jesus said. He said, when you, when you pray, go in your room and shut your door, pray mm. to your father who's in the secret place. And I think shutting your door can, can both be literal, but also symbolic. Where it's it can be literal, yeah. You find a, a private place for Jesus. Sometimes that was going into the wilderness or going up on a mountain. But the, the the point is find a find a private place where you can just really get alone with God and you shut out distractions. That's also what I see about shutting that door. It's like shutting the door on distractions. And so, in a very practical way, that could mean you know finding the best time of day for you. Like find find the time of day for you that's going to be the most fruitful and focused. Whether that's early morning, uh, whether that's in the, in the middle of the day, in the evening, but find the time of day that you can actually focus more. Uh, and then do your best to get rid of external distractions as well. You know, put your phone on, do not disturb mode or put your phone in a different room or, you know, something like that, because those are the things that sometimes can interfere. I think the last thing I'll say on the um, focus or that, that, that quality of the time is also our heart posture. Our heart posture matters um, when it comes to the quality of the time with God. It's not just that we spend a certain amount of time with Him, but are we being real with Him? Are we actually, um, you know, coming with a spirit of humility? You know, are we coming and you know confessing any sins we need to? So just being real, being real with God, and having a heart posture of humbling ourselves in His presence, 
uh, having a heart posture of seeking him, of desiring him, and just uh, growing in those aspects, I think really impact the quality of the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true in any relationship, isn't it? If you want to have a quality relationship, you got to be real with people. Yeah. You got to be honest. You got to be vulnerable. Yeah. So you said it was intentional, focused, and you said consistent was the third one, right? Yes. Consistent was the third one. Exactly. Yeah. Touch on that because I think a lot of people struggle with the consistency. Uh, Maybe that they, you know, at this point, a couple weeks into the new year, as we're recording this, maybe they had a new year's resolution to wake up at five in the morning and read their Bible. and, And maybe they've already jumped ship at this point. So speak to that consistency. How do we cultivate that? Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Yeah, that's a key point because, I mean, yeah, again, I'm talking about like New Year's resolutions, for example, you know, oftentimes let's take health and fitness, you know, people, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to, it's kind of easy to get started, but the consistency, I mean, that's when people really make progress, no matter what it is, whether it's physical health, whether it's business goals or personal goals. So yeah, same, same with prayer and spiritual disciplines. Consistency is so key. There's a verse, I think it's Luke chapter five, verse 16. It says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So we see it was consistent. He did it often. Yeah. So um, for me, that just, it takes persistence and it does take some discipline because we realize we're actually fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. All three of those are actually working against our secret place time, our time of mm. personal devotion. Of course, the enemy doesn't want us growing in intimacy with God. And then we have the distractions of the world around us. But then even our own flesh can resist that. And so um, I think that is where discipline can really be important, where, you know what, it's not just if I feel like doing it, I'm actually going to make this a decision. And I think sometimes spiritual discipline and spiritual hunger can kind of both be two sides of the same coin. They can work together. And so uh, it's okay if you don't always feel like it. It's okay if you don't always feel like such a hunger and such a desire. There's sometimes where you might just be pressing through and you might not have any dramatic encounter during that time. You might not have any you know, special revelation or, you know, um, but it's just, you're, you're just doing it out of, out of that discipline. 
And then the, I think the more you do, what I found for me personally is the more I did it out of discipline, the more the hunger increased, yeah. the more the desire increased to the point where it just becomes just a standard, normal part of my, part of my life. And it just built in. So it takes, it takes time to build the consistency and yeah, don't, don't beat yourself up if you, you know, if you, you missed a day or you, you, you failed here or there. So don't, yeah, don't, don't take on the condemnation or any of that. Um, but, but keep pressing into that and ask God for grace for it. Ask God for a grace to really enter his presence. Ask him for a grace to really spend that quality time with him and then take that next step and just keep on going. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to bring up the discipline and hunger thing. I loved that in, in the book. Uh, I have a quote here. You said, discipline begets spiritual practice and spiritual practice begets hunger, which in turn leads to more spiritual practice. And uh, so you just got to get it going. And then uh, it starts to feed itself. And that hunger, that real desire begins to grow. I think there's a lot of people that they they push back against the discipline of it if they want, you know, because they don't feel anything, right? It doesn't feel good at first, just like when you're starting to work out at the first, you haven't done it for a while. Uh, it's painful. <laughs> You're sore the next day. Uh, you, you don't want to do it. But as you do it, something begins to grow. Desire begins to increase. And I love what you said earlier. I can't remember exactly how you said it, but something about how the discipline creates space for the relationship. Yes. And I, I love that. You know, my wife and I, we go out to lunch every every week. We have a lunch date, you know, um, and we see each other all the time. But that just that intentional time to get away together you know, is important so that we can build our relationship and build our intimacy and marriage as well. Uh, anything else on discipline and hunger? I just want to give, give space on that. It's just such a good thing. Yeah. I think it's good for everyone to know that sometimes those can go in seasons. At least again, that's my, my personal experience. I've had seasons of yeah, that's true. really intense hunger. And in those seasons of intense hunger, discipline is less required because the hunger drives me even past what I would do in discipline. I might, it might cause me to read more in scriptures. It might cause me to linger more in God's presence and just continue to get into his presence. And then there's some seasons where the hunger seems to wane, but then I fall back on the discipline. The discipline is still there. So that even in those seasons where the hunger is, is diminished, my, my walk with God continues. My relationship with God continues. And I just kind of want to reiterate, I said it a little bit earlier, but don't think that every time you spend time with God, it has to be some dramatic encounter. Yeah. And you know, don't think every time you read the scriptures, you have to come up with some major revelation. You know, you might you might read the Bible, you know, for three weeks in a row, you know, every every day for three weeks. And maybe on the 20th day of the 21st day, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opens up something to you and you see something new and God speaks to you through that. But if you hadn't spent those 20 days before building up to that, you, you wouldn't have gone to that place. Mm. And even when you don't remember what you read in scripture, or even when you don't have some dramatic encounter, your spirit is still being nourished. Your roots are still going deeper into God. It's still, it's still producing fruit. So don't base it just on the experience or the feeling. You know, you'll, you'll have those moments of those dramatic times, and then you'll have those days where it seems more mundane, and that's okay. The key is just that keep that consistency, keep that relationship focused. Yes, I love that. I love the I love the moments. I love the glorious moments. But yes, I, my experience has been the same as yours, Jake. That yeah, there's seasons where it feels more dry. The hunger is is waxing and waning, and so yeah, you have to stay faithful and consistent. And I think about 
the story of Daniel where he's fasting and praying and it takes 21 days for before the the angel can break through and uh, he he gets the answer and he says as soon as you started praying I was dispatched but I was warring you know yeah. there's a spiritual warfare happening and uh, we don't always know what's going on why in those moments it feels dry or you know we're praying for something and it's not getting answered or whatever and uh, but like you said you're building something over time and it may be three weeks of Bible reading and then there's all of a sudden there's a revelation there's an insight or you know, you fast and it seems like nothing happens, but then the next week, all of a sudden, you you have a revelation or an encounter or something happens with God and you go, oh, you, you got to connect the dots and realize that it's all related. Would you be willing, Jake, to just pull back the curtain a little bit and share maybe some of what your personal time with God's looking like nowadays? Like, what does it look like for you? What are some of the things you're doing? Yeah, just as practical or, you know, as, as much as you're willing to share. But I think that might help people to just hear like what that's like for you. I personally like having a basic structure in my times with God. And yeah. I think it's helpful for people to have a, a basic structure while also being willing to be spontaneous, led by the Holy Spirit at the same time. I don't think you have to have one or the other. I think having a basic structure can be helpful. So you know, that's looked different for me in different seasons. It often will include the main components of Bible study, you know, taking time in the word, reading the word, you know, and then it'll also take time of just what I call seeking God or entering his presence. And that often will come with Thanksgiving, entering his thing, you know, coming with Thanksgiving and praise, and also a lot of waiting on God, being still, just coming into his presence and just being silent in his presence. And for me, that's often when I actually will experience the tangible presence of God the most is when I'm just waiting on him, being still before him. And then it'll often include some type of intercession where I'm actually lifting up prayers, praying for other people, praying for my family, my wife, my kids, situations in our church or other people that are on my heart to pray for. And then the other component I've been doing more recently, really as a, as a spiritual discipline, is praying in tongues in a much more consistent and disciplined way where I actually set aside certain chunks of time uh, every single day that I am just praying in tongues. And so, yeah, I mean, those are those are some of the main components of my time with God, you know, just waiting on him, being in the word, seeking him, and that interceding times of praying in tongues. I'm not sure if that answers what you're asking or no, that's great. Yeah, no, thank you for the insights. Uh so you I've done the same thing, so this is fun. But you literally just block out times to say, I'm just gonna take 15, 20, I don't know how long you're doing, 30 minutes or whatever. And you're just going to pray in tongues for that amount of time. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. that's grown. That's grown over the last several years. Yeah. 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 And silence, would, would it be similar in the same way where you just say, I'm going to just take some time and just be quiet and sit? Absolutely. Yep. Um, oftentimes I will, toward the beginning of my time with the Lord, uh, once I've kind of entered his presence intentionally and maybe offered up some thanksgiving and some worship and some praise before I go into anything else. I'll often just wait on him quietly. And sometimes I have a specific time in mind, like I'm going to block out you know, X amount of minutes and just be still. And sometimes it's open-ended. I'll just kind of right. do it for a while before I kind of transition into the next. I think it, it helps. Again, for me, I've experienced God's presence a lot that way. And it helps keep us from just rushing through, just from just kind of checking it off the list and just kind of rushing, but just that, that lingering, opening up that space uh, for him to speak or for him to reveal himself. 
just to be still and just kind of, I think it speaks even of just humbling ourselves before him and just being quiet and just acknowledging him as God. It's a form of worshiping him, I think. So yeah, it's been a very important part of my, my own quiet times in secret place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something we're going to all need to embrace more and more. Our, our world is so noisy and so filled with stimulation and input and, you know, obviously phones and, and everything that are constantly grabbing our attention. It's almost like a detox to just sit and be quiet and be still for a little bit without doing anything. Even the religious busyness that we might would bring, like you were saying, it's like, okay, well, now now I'm in the secret place. Now I've got to read my Bible and now I've got to pray and now I've got to pray in tongues. And it's like, take a deep breath, uh, which usually is what I find myself doing in those quiet moments is just taking deep breaths and just being with God. And sometimes he speaks, sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it seems like, again, not, nothing happens, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. Those are, those are kind of my same components. I think they're all, you know, you could go from stillness and silence to then you're warring in tongues, right? <laughs> so all in a matter of time. So you guys who are listening, you guys can take some of those components and break it down. Whether you've got 15 minutes or you've got three hours, you can sort of block off some time and say, Hey, I'm going to give a few minutes to each of these and it will be fruitful and beneficial uh, regardless of the, the quantity. Uh, if you begin to incorporate some of these components in. So Jake, we are running out of time here, but this has been awesome and and helpful and practical and really appreciate it. I, I want to just give you a few minutes here at the end. If there's anything else on this topic you want to share, uh, anything about your ministry, ways that people can connect with you, just want to give you a few more minutes. Yeah, I just you know appreciate the conversation, Matthew. I think it's such an important topic really to, to cover. I and mean, thanks for Having, having, having the conversation. I just want to encourage everyone, just uh, like I said earlier, ask the Holy Spirit, what is the next step for you? Yeah. And even ask him, ask him for a grace to enter into the secret place. Ask him for a grace to take that next step and to draw near to God. That's to me, it's God's invitation. James 4, 8, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. That's like God is inviting us. He's given us the invitation. He's taken the steps. He, he made the way through Jesus, through his blood being shed to open up the Holy of Holies for, for all of us uh, who come to him through Jesus. And so now it's now we respond to that invitation. And so I just want to encourage you, take that next step, ask the Holy Spirit, trust him to lead you. And as you draw near to the Lord, he's going to draw near to you. Um, and yeah, I'd encourage people to get, get the book if it seems like it'd be a helpful resource. All my stuff's on my website, jkl.com and uh, different books and um, lots of lots of resources. But I, I think it will help you a, a tool to help awaken, but also equip and really help you apply those things. So yeah, such a, such, such a key thing. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, yeah, I'll, we'll be sure to link to the book and link to your website uh, in the description. I just want to recommend this book. I read through it and it's concise. It's like, I have the sense that so many of the sentences could be paragraphs and paragraphs could be chapters. And <laughs> like, I feel like it could be so much more, but yet you've made it concise and it's easy to read through. And it just is like a great stirring, even for me personally, beginning of 2024, just feeling the Lord draw me deeper and deeper. Um, it, it was it was just some good reminders for my own heart. So thank you for writing it. Uh, really appreciate that. W- would you mind just saying a quick prayer? I just feel like that God's yeah. really going to want to just draw people and speak to people. And would you just mind praying over people that are listening yeah. on some of these things we've been talking about? Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Father, right now we just come in the name of Jesus. We come through the precious blood of Jesus, God, into your presence. 
God, I thank you for each person that's watching this or listening to this right now. I ask for your tangible presence to come upon them. God, I ask that you would stir up a hunger to know you, stir Mm -hmm. up a hunger for the secret place. God, I pray for a grace to enter your presence with a new ease, a grace, Mm -hmm. Father, to take the next step, Father. I pray for a stirring of hearts to seek your face, to draw near to you. And God, even for those that maybe have had cycles of where they felt like they tried this and it didn't work, I pray for a breaking through, Father. I pray uh, that you would draw people and you would reveal yourself in a tangible way. God, let your Holy Spirit be the one who leads, who guides, and who draws us to you in personal devotion in the secret place, God. So I pray your blessing over each one and a fresh grace released over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jake, thanks for coming on the podcast. This has been great. Yep. Appreciate it, Matthew. Thanks so much. It's been a blessing.